What's up, Unusuals? Jim Martin here from the Unusual Buddha podcast and theunusualbuddha.com. Here to talk to you for a second about Anchor. Uh, it's the service I use to make this very podcast. Uh, first and foremost, it's free. Secondly, they give you tools you can actually record and edit your podcast either from your phone or from a computer. Uh, Anchor also helps with distribution of your podcast. Uh, they can get you on Apple and Spotify, all those. Uh, you can start making money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need all in one place. So check them out. It's anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to see what you create. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Unusual Buddha podcast. We are here as usual. Uh, as, as unusual, uh, joined by our my my great counterpart from uh, the land of Maple Leafs and uh, Hockey Six, uh, Nelly D, joining us from Canada. And today we have our guest, uh, Dwayne Toops, and he is of DwayneToops.com. And uh, we're going to talk to him. He is an artist, poet, um, just a hell of a good guy. And we're going to dive right in here and talk to him about, uh, you know, whatever comes up. We'll see where it goes. Um, so Dwayne, do you want to give us like the intro, like like tell us who who you are and 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 what's what's good to know about you? Oh, I'm not sure that there's really anything good to know about me, <laughs> but I think you you hit the highlights really well. Um, those are those are basically my, my primary passions and, and aspirations. Uh, I have been in love with with art and and words for for as long as I can remember. Um, and um, so that's basically the, the catalyst and the impetus of, of all all my work is trying to uh, kind of bridge that that gap and between uh, art and and poetry and language. I'm trying to find uh, good ways for them to kind of share the same space. Um, and uh, I think that's been most of most of my most of my current work is that trying to explore um, that that way of, of, of creating uh, where you know visuals and language meet and kind of dance together in interesting ways. Yeah, and that's and we were talking a little bit before the show, and that's something I, I really do uh, enjoy about your work is that it's. Uh, a lot of people are, are, are very much one way or the other. If they're, they're good visual artists, then they're maybe not so good at, uh, at language and stuff. But I mean, like you, you listening to your podcast, uh, you, you speak eloquently and, and you, you make things that are nice to look at. So it's, it's, it's like a <laughs> strong attack there, you know, like you can get in there and, and, and get them looking or get them listening and, and, and keep people hooked. It's really interesting to see and, and hear you, you know, lay out the inspiration even behind the, behind the works. And it could be something as simple as, as you saw something in a newspaper. I think I remember your podcast, uh, not so long ago where it was a uh, kid's, uh, graduation party, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And it was, it was amazing. Like the, to think like, you know, it, it's nice to see that, um, that there are people that, that can be, uh, inspired to such an extent on something so, simplistic and such a such a quick passing glance at something as if at least that's the way you described it in the, in the story i don't know you could have been studying it for hours but you know what i mean like the way you worded it it was so nicely worded and and it was very um uh you know it, it created like a visual image in my mind even though i'm driving to work at three in the morning listening to this podcast so it's right. very neat to hear and it's nice that it's and that's something i do love about your work well i think um I, I appreciate that because I think I think it's things like that that we miss, and I think too often, especially and maybe it's maybe it's the the kind of conundrum of our current culture, in that we we are so obsessed with these the peak experiences or these these Instagrammatic. <laughs> <laughs> lives um, that were constantly I think instant gratification. Maybe I, I think it's just we we get obsessed with these big moments or these these you know these monumental things or experiences 
when I feel like we just miss so many, so many small things. You know, I, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine recently about you know, just how often it's in the most mundane things that we find the most miraculous events. I think I think we're surrounded by beauty. We're surrounded by such potent potentiality that we never really realize it. And I'm as guilty as anyone else of taking so much for granted. Um, but there are so many minute things that have, that are just laced with things that are so visceral. Um, and I just try my best to find them. And sometimes it's out of sheer desperation, you know, because I'm really grappling to hold on to something. Uh, really grappling to find some beauty out there because maybe it just feels like everything within me and around me is tumultuous or chaotic or in, in utter turmoil. Um, and I don't have anything grandiose to grab a hold of. So it's being able to find what little slivers of, of hope and light that are available to me and just trying my best to put some light on them in a way that maybe someone else can find that. Um, I think I, I wrote something recently because it occurred to me that, um, you know, I create because I feel alone. Um, and if what I create in that can make someone else feel less alone, then that's what matters most to me. Wow. If I'm curious. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. That's that's heavy. That's a, that's a heavy thought. <laughs> yeah, it's um, if I'm if I'm understanding correctly, and if I'm hearing you, it it almost sounds as if you want to find the spiritual in the everyday life. I think Am so. I understanding? Yeah, I think so. I think that's a good way to put it. You know, and that's something that that it's taken me some time to to see it that way i know jim and i have had 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 several conversations and, and i've had some with some other people that you know what's funny is on, on a on a regular basis i don't really consider myself an especially spiritual person um and i think the thing that makes me um spiritual or or keeps me from being able to be um that keeps me from denying spirituality altogether as much as I might intellectually want to is, is the creative process. And it, and it is making art because when I step into that process, something shifts that I can't put my finger on something mysterious comes into play. And I feel like there's something that occurs in the process of creating something reaching into somewhere I can't name and pulling out something that I can't fathom um, is, is really incredible. And when you, when you do that uh, routinely enough, it changes the way you see things um, and it changes the way you interact with things. Um, so little things do become of paramount importance. You know, things, you know, printed words on a page, you know, pictures in a newspaper, you know, uh, grass growing through the crevices of, of concrete suddenly take on new significance. And I think that is the job of all artists. I think it's always been the job of all artists is to create pathways for us all to see differently. That's, and yeah, and that's, and that's the, one of the great things I like about your work and, and, um, referencing specifically like the blackout poems that you do. I know you, I know you make a lot like visual things, but the, the blackout poetry specifically is, is amazing because it's um, looking at that page. I don't know that I would see that visual or, or have gathered those uh, the words that you put together to make. Um, and like we've talked about it before, it's almost like you, uh, you, you unearthed it from the entire piece. Like, like it was a raw, uh, I think I remember in your your podcast was it uh, Mike Michelangelo that said that the 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 statue is already in the block 
of, right. of Marvel right. and I'm just finding it or, or something to that extent. I mean, right. but yeah. that's amazing. Like that's, that's uh, probably one of the, the coolest things I've seen is like, I could probably look at that same page every day for a year and not see that. And, and you, you know, with a fresh point of view or with, like you said, that mindset of, of actually looking for it, looking for that value, you, you seem to find it in a way that, that is really, I don't know how to put it, it's unique. Like I, I, I would never look at it and see that. Yeah. And, and actually I guarantee you, you would look at it and find something. I swear. I, I, I'm so glad to hear you bring up that the blackout poetry. I think that's such a wonderful, not only a wonderful creative exercise, but I think it's kind of in a way, a kind of really astounding spiritual exercise um, because it's, it's so subjective. You know, I've, I've recently gotten the opportunity to, to do that with a, another artist friend of mine where we both took like the same page and both created blackout poems from it and could not have come up with more different poems. It was all oh, the same like words. A, it's like an ink plot test, almost like a Rorschach. Like, it is. And I think a wonderful way to look at it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's spot on. That's precisely how, how I look at it. You have a way of, of gravitating towards things that resonate with you. And so when you do those, and I think not only just that, but I think probably all of my work is, is that, that process. But I think you especially see it in making blackout poetry. And that's why it, it, it gets so deeply involved even when I'm doing the visual arts. A lot of the, the words or the poems that, that get used in my collage work are, um, are, are you know, poems that came from, from doing blackout poetry because it is it is kind of this very subconscious kind of Rorschach test thing where you know you're just skimming through and finding these points of resonance and you don't really know where it's going and then you end up putting something together that is so deeply personal that you probably could have never strung together another way and I think that's why um, probably why I started that that practice because earlier this year I was just not in a good headspace and not in a good place intellectually, emotionally, um, spiritually, just was in a, and, and couldn't really, had basically stopped creating uh, and couldn't really find my way back into it. I, I, had, I had stopped writing, I'd stopped recording the podcast. I just felt like I had no words at my disposal. I felt like- Sounds like you fell into a depression, am yeah, I? Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Okay. Um, and I felt like I just, I felt like I was completely at a loss of words and I could not find the will to express myself or, or what I was experiencing. And so, you know, I turned to, to that, um, to making blackout poetry because here were all these words, um, that were readily available. And somewhere in these vanilla paragraphs of superfluous newsprint, I found a way to say precisely what I needed to say, but didn't have the strength to say it. And that's and that's that's a really amazing part. Is is uh, like I said, like just what you're able to turn it into is is just amazing to me. It's uh, almost like. Uh, I mean, I guess like, like, like Michelangelo, like I'm sure, uh, you know, Bob Vila looks at a pile of lumber and already sees the home or, or the cabinet or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure, I'm sure this is common, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome to kind of see, uh, to see it done in a different way. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, um, the, the art you do, like the, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that play at the same time. There's, uh, the, the wordplay that that's pretty, you know, obviously, at the forefront, but, uh, there's also like interesting colors and textures and, and, and it's, it's very like visually engaging. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's, um, I, I, I've posted a few times, but yours is actually the only piece of art that I've ever bought as an adult. So, uh, this is a very big moment for me. I'm getting to talk to the <laughs> artist that's on my wall. It's actually out in the living room so that I can like show the people that don't come over, like, look at this art. I have art. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, I feel incredibly privileged by that. As a matter of fact, 
I, I was just talking to someone recently that, that um, when you posted a picture of it, that was actually the first time I had ever seen a piece of my art framed. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was so excited when it came in the mail too. My my wife immediately said, "All right, now go get." She had to frame it because my I'm like all thumbs with with the. Uh, things that are very exact, like I can do it, but it's going to take me a hot minute. And she just like bit that framed it. I was at work and I came back and I'm like, Oh wow. Like she hung it up and it was like, it was, you know, of course it was centered on the wall nicely. And me, I would right. like, you know, I would put my thumb up and done the thing and like waited for <laughs> and like, I don't like it there. And like, Oh, uh, you know, you know, like did a little adjustments and all that. So yeah. she, she put it up on the wall. I'm like, that, that is really, um, it's cool. It's inspiring to see that, that, you know, like it's, it's, uh, I don't feel like I know too many like artists that, I mean, like my kids, I would put it on the fridge, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's art, but you know, sorry kids, it's art, but it's not art. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Someone posted, um, another good friend of mine posted a, a video on their Instagram stories that they had a, one of my prints uh, on their fridge. And that had, that was, I, I found that to be an extreme, an extremely honorable position to have. Yeah. 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 If you're on the fridge, you're a golden man. Right? Like, like yeah, you if you're on the fridge, that's it. You, yep, that that oh, is the sacred oh, space of, yeah, that is the sacred space of respect. Yeah. If you're on the fridge, yep. Yeah. yeah. Up the gallery, I'll take the fridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I appreciate so much about, um, art in general and why I try and support my artistic friends as much as I can is because when my impression of a painting or a sculpture or well a piece of a piece of art is that when especially when I know them well I can see that they have put a piece of themselves as you were mentioning before mm -hmm. into that piece and so I, I, you see that piece of themselves, of, of that person, you see the, that piece of that person in that, oh my God, sorry. You know what I'm no, saying? No, no, I was talking about this earlier. This is, this is exactly what I know. I'm like, <laughs> We are not good at but, word. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah. Blech. However, um, that's why it's so important for me when I hang art in my home that I have some kind of personal connection to them because there is an energetic flow. I, I firmly believe that there's an energetic flow that goes along with, with that. And so when um, I know the person and I can see that piece of them in that art, um, you know, I want it even more over somebody that I don't know because it just, I don't know, it just provides warmth and comfort for me. So yeah, that's, I love it. No, right? I, I agree completely because I think even, even beyond that, um, you know, I, th I think it was, it was Hegel who had this, this idea and, I, and I'm, probably going to paraphrase it poorly but you know this, this kind of idea that the that somehow in in the particular there is the universal so the deeper we go into our individual particularities we actually somehow manage to tap into something that is universally applicable something that's experientially universal and I think that's that's kind of what art does and probably what it should do, what good writing does, what any kind of good creative work does. It comes from a place that is so deeply and profoundly personal that it cannot help but to apply to such a wider, broad audience. So it's it's almost in a way that that um even though you you're seeing a part of that artist in the work and you're connecting to that part of the artist it's it's really because that artist somehow figured out a way to connect to a part of you yes yeah, yeah like a like a like a commonality there like a like a like a common ground uh that that exists outside of uh you know like time and space and and all those kind of things it's really it's it's 
That's true. That's, that's a really good point about, about art in general. And I think that um, it, for some reason this brings me back to this and, and I go through these phases where I have like, I'll come across a saying and, and I kind of, uh, it sticks with me for a while and I kind of see how it applies, but uh, is bring it, what you guys are talking about brings us to mind is that if you, you know, the path broadly, you'll see the way in all things. And I feel like that's a, that's a, a very um, similar point in that if you um, know, you know, if you are open to it and, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, if you are open to a spiritual experience or open to that connection with that artist um, you know, you, you'll, you'll find it everywhere. I mean, you know, you could uh, song on the radio, you could connect with, it could be uh, that, that piece of art, that, that Instagram post that, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to see those things in the mundane. Um, and, it, and it is nice to find stuff that people that uh, eloquently find a way to catch you tripping when you're worried about your, your normal everyday stuff. And, you know, maybe you didn't stop and appreciate that grass that, that did split up through the concrete or, or, or that, um uh, you know, any, the dandelion. Any, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, uh, uh, and I agree a lot with what you're saying is is that it's um, you can find those things in everything, but you 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 have to be there mentally. You have to be willing to see it. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 a that's a powerful thing. I think it's um, something that's nice to see that someone can bring out in you. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I think that that's spot on because I think it's, you know, I think a lot of times we look at artists and and writers as as people that that are that are creating something, and I think in a lot of ways we're not we're not really creating anything we're we're uncovering something we're we're unearthing something, um, like you said, or we're piercing the veil of, of things that are that are already there i think the reason we can find those little moments of of miraculousness is is not because we found a way to implant them or add them it's because they were already there you know one of the things that i that i love about you know the, the blackout poems or or doing you know uh, collage centric visual arts because it's all these things that already exist none of them were made from scratch these are all things that are ready at hand that anyone i'm not i don't have some secret well of (laughs) you know um (laughs) of anything you know i don't have some some kind of alchemical resource at my disposal i've got all the same the same shit that anyone can go go grab because all those things are there when you make a blackout poem you're not it it's funny because it's really more about the words you take away it's about subtraction it's about what you remove rather than what you add because there's already something beautiful in words because i think at the heart of the human condition there is already poetry the poetry is already present in around and in in everything we are and every movement we make and it's just finding what bullshit covered it over that we need to subtract it or we can see it again yeah 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 that's exactly it that's a powerful statement too i think that's something that that really uh speaks to me is 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 simplification like if you can strip away like like you said like it's already perfect the 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 artwork's already there the the masterpiece has already been written uh it's just been covered over by a crap i'm sorry if you guys are getting distracted i, I can hear my baby in the hall well, you're fine you're fine apparently not i've had a cat molesting me for the last 10 minutes so. <laughs> and like we said this is going to be one of those videos where this is not how to conduct yourself <laughs> somebody already used the word molestation and we're what we're at we're like 50 minutes in. Yeah. yeah there you go i like it i like it. i like where we're going with this yeah right <laughs> Mom, 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 mom. But yeah, that's 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 a good point. Is that it, it seems that seems to be a recurring theme with a, with a lot of things. Is is simplification? It 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 doesn't get better by adding more ingredients. You know what I mean? Like a, like some of the best dishes you've seen uh, on Iron Chef or whatever are like four ingredients, and and they're just very well. 
handled and very well uh, metered and very well um, uh, brought together and, and, and placed in just such an order. But um, like you said, it's not, it's not about uh, adding so much as, as, as stripping away what is unnecessary. Um, and that's, and that's really great to, to, to hear that that's also a very common theme in, in spiritual practice, at least in my point of view. Yeah. I do have to ask though. So you do blackout poetry and you do it from uh, pages of books and, and newspaper articles. What is the weirdest uh, page you've pulled a poem from that you like, like, uh, you know, like an underwear catalog ad or, you know what I mean? Like, have you had anything like really strange, like a, like a Haynes manual, like, uh, says on the front, you know, how to repair your 92 Honda Civic, but you found like a beautiful poem in it. Oh, actually, yeah, I was struggling, but thank you for, for using that. that um, our, our, our mutual friend, um, you know, Tina Bessels. Yes, yes. Uh, when I was doing that, that challenge on Facebook where I was asking people to send me random book pages so I could make uh, blackout poems. From, yes, I remember um, this, yeah. He sent me, a, I don't even know what it was specifically from, but it was about, um, it was basically how to repair your bicycle chain. <laughs> And, oh, that's brilliant! And I and I loved it because he kind of sent it to me, kind of in a tongue-in-cheek way. Like, there's just no way you can yeah. find figure this poem out, fucker. Right? Like, <laughs> and not and like, and I don't bring that up to to like pat myself on the back because even I was kind of sweating for a little bit, going like, I don't, I don't know if I can work with this either. But you know, you you find things and you find your way through it. And yeah, that had to have been. That's still. Um, I can't remember the poem specifically, um, but it it's still posted somewhere because everything gets gets shared. So probably oh, there's like a total metaphor with like getting your like your pant leg caught in the chain. You remember doing yeah. that? Like there's there's so much metaphor just with getting your your pant leg caught in the chain and falling off your bike and having to like fix it and get up back up again, right? Like. Yeah. If you don't get back up, then you remember, you know, oh, sorry, there was a flight. <sighs> sorry. Remember back in the day, it's like, no, you need to get back up and get back on that bike or you'll never do it again. Right. And it's right. just that yeah, exactly. symbol of uh, perseverance, I guess. Is, I don't know. Absolutely. That's, that's really amazing. That's cool that you can pull that out of, out of a, a repair manual. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. I oh, sent you some of my writings. Um, host of the Unusual Buddha podcast, bringing you the Unusual Buddha podcast mid-roll. I just wanted to take a second to talk about the guys that help us keep the lights on over here. Guys and girls, really. Uh, the folks over at Mountain Valley Vinyls. If you're looking to get into vinyl, uh, things like, you know, logos for your t-shirts and, and hoodies and those kind of things. Check out Mountain Valley Vinyl. They're uh, only available on Facebook and, and Instagram right now, so you just slide into their DMs. Uh, they'll get hooked up with you, help you uh, get the correct designs, get the correct formats for, for all your files and those kind of things. They'll put your logo on a tee, and they'll do it at a reasonable price, and you don't have to worry about stocking minimums and things like that. So if you want to get your logo on something and get maybe get a step into the uh, merchandise arena, don't look any further than Mountain Valley Vinyl. That's Mountain Valley Vinyl, uh, available on Facebook and Instagram. Check them out. Yeah. They will hook you up. I sent you some of my writings, um, like my grieving posts, and then a picture of my son. Could you do something with that? Probably. I, could, I, could I know that's a little try. deep, sure. but... No, not necessarily. I, I don't know. I just had like this random sort of like that would be a fucking cool memorial yeah, for him. Yeah, sure. That really would. It's that just was a picture of him and then some of my. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. I could Sorry. It's sort of random thought. Sorry. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Nelly, but he he took that turn of a page from the book I wrote. And he turned it into four works that, that were really fucking cool. So can <laughs> make, make yours into something fantastic. So well, you know what? You could you could actually look at it as a compliment that from one page of your book, I managed to to find you to find four pieces of art. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the book is paid for. Yeah, yeah right? you know. <laughs> oh, the whole that whole 
fucking thing was a disaster. Anywho, mm. uh, <laughs> um, but that's you know that's something I gotta uh, and I guess we'll just kind of with no uh, discipline in any way just transition right back in after Nelly's potty break. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> um, that's something. Three that kids, you know how it is. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I don't personally know, but but I mean, yeah. Uh, um, Trying to joke. <laughs> that's uh, that's another thing that's really cool about uh, about having Dwayne on the podcast is Dwayne is actually somebody we've been friends for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. Not quite as long as I've been friends with Nelly, but but we've been friends for a while, and uh, there've been plenty of times that uh, he's. You know, I, I listened to your podcast. And you mentioned. Uh, you were the first guest on my podcast yeah yeah and like you mentioned uh, oh that's right yeah yeah and and you mentioned uh conversations kind of getting you out of like darker places and and i have to say like that's very much the same for me is there been plenty of times where like uh something with the book wasn't going right or something you know whatever thing it was at the particular moment that was bugging me and i and i opened up messenger and started talking to you and you know, something as simple as like, Hey asshole, you got a book deal. Like, come on. Like, you know what I mean? Something that's <laughs> right out of my man is right. I got a book deal. Like, you know, it's not a big thing, but it was a thing. You know what I mean? Like it's a thing. It's a thing. Really cool. That, that, that I think is uh, is, is a neat dynamic is that we've been able to do that for each other. It's just been like a very mutual uh, thing back and forth. That's, that's pretty exciting. Pulling out, e- pulling each other out of your heads and bringing mm. you both down to reality. Yeah. Is, that's a very good balance yeah yeah because sometimes Nelly's just tired of hearing my shit and I just gotta find somebody else to bitch to you know what I mean like <laughs> she's not available when I need sometimes she's not at 3am sometimes you know what I mean like you gotta oh I'm available at 3am everybody knows <laughs> can't Whoa, sleep do we, just, do we need to turn the lights oh. back down is that no I came out. I'm like, oh, I'm always awake at 3 a.m. It sucks. No. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Same here. Uh, if you know, four kids and 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 uh, two of them are are well, one for sure, and and maybe the other one is special needs. So they kind of like do whatever the fuck they want. So, um, you know, sleep is is a uh, a myth. I, I always joke with my daughter, who's now 11, that she's like, Daddy, why don't you sleep anymore? Like, you you don't sleep very well. And I was like, Well, baby, I, haven't, I said, How old are you? She's like, Oh, I'm 11. I, you know, I haven't slept well in 11 and a half years. So. You know, it's, it's, it's one of the things that comes with the territory, I guess. Yeah, I think so. All righty. So I think we, we talked a good amount about, about your, your work and stuff. Um, do you want to dive any more into your podcast? Like what direction you feel it's taken? Or are you just kind of going with the flow and, and seeing where that goes? Because it's almost sort of like a parallel to uh, your work sort of like it's, it's on a different timeline for sure, but mm-hmm. it seems to be like, uh, like your art seems to kind of, like you said, like it meanders and you're uncovering that way. Is that, is that like the similar plan with the podcast or do you have like a direction, uh, per se in mind? Um, you know, I think the podcast has been, I th- I love the way you just said it. Like it's been kind of a, a parallel to, to my work because I, I think in a lot of ways that's, that's, what was the idea behind starting it? Um, it? It was, you know, that's why it's called the process and the path. It, it was a way to document the process of of being on whatever path I found myself on, or or just being on a path that I that I'm still in the process of naming. You know, I think in a, in a lot of ways that's that's what we're all doing. Um, yeah. We're all just trying to figure our shit out as, as best we can and mm-hmm. figuring out what that means. And, you know, sometimes we have to take these, these little scenic routes. Sometimes we have to tread these paths that we don't, we don't know where it's going. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what we're doing. Um, I think it was, um, I'm trying to remember who I read a quote once that like, the secret to the universe is that no one knows shit. Yeah. Um, And I, I think that's precisely right. So I, I think think that's kind of what my, what my podcast has has been about. It's me just trying to figure out what I'm doing creatively, um, what I'm doing spiritually. And I think over the, this past year, it's been just trying to figure myself out. Um, And, and, and I think all those things are intertwined. Um, you know, I think creating for me 
is um, a therapeutic practice in that it's very cathartic. It's the way I, I deal with, with pain that's become far too normalized um, and trying to be, be aware of it, but find an outlet for it. But I also think it's a, it's a spiritual and meditative practice in that um, I have to see things differently, which means I have to watch them differently. I have to focus on them differently. I have to concentrate upon them differently. I have to observe them in, in very kind of indiscriminate ways. Um, and then by doing so, watching how I am in the process of creating something is insightful. You know, sometimes you uncover things about yourself you're uncomfortable with. And, and then... Um, Sometimes you uncover joyful things about yourself that you have not given yourself nearly enough credit for. It's, it's a way of, un, as much as the work itself is unearthing something, part of what gets unearthed in that process are the pieces of yourself that have gotten buried underneath things too. And so I think the podcast has, has been kind of about that in a way. It's, it's trying to figure out a way to document um, those things that I find along, along this fucked up path that I <laughs> find myself upon. Um, and that the things, is the most humbling process. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I'm, I'm constantly fighting with the, with the format of it. You know, we were, you know, that's something we were, we were just discussing about how I, I feel like I haven't quite nailed the format of it down yet or figured out what it's for but I think that's the been kind of the fun thing about the podcast in a way is like every every so often I'm kind of reevaluating what that podcast is and because I, I think I'm constantly reevaluating um what my path is I'm constantly reassessing what my process is for everything and so um you know when I first started the podcast, it was, it was far more, um, I guess, spirituality based. And then I guess it became a little bit more philosophical, creative based. And here lately it's become far more art and, um, I guess kind of literary based, um, because it's just, it's just me meandering my way through things and, and finding, things that might be meaningful to other people along the way as, as much as it is to myself. I, I, isn't, when you use the term, um, you know, um, reevaluating your path, is that what you said? Yeah, reevaluating mm -hmm. your path. Um, I, I see that as healthy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I do. I, I, I think that there's merit to that. Mm -hmm. I don't, um, because you are constantly reevaluating with, with reevaluating your paths, you're constantly, um, reevaluating your priorities. And I think mm -hmm. there's huge merit to that. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that that also, to me, what I'm hearing is that you're incredibly self-aware and dude, not many people are. So, you know, give yourself props, right? Because that, that is a superpower for sure. Yeah, it is. It is. It really is. So yeah. Good on you, dude. <laughs> not not that we are the <laughs> podcast connoisseurs. We're, we're probably the, the worst people to be a judge of it, but uh, <laughs> uh fucking hey, dude. I well, fucking love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I, and I, I think you're no. right. I think, it, I think it's something you, you have to do. Um, and I think it's, it's something that I, I especially have to do um, to, try and, to try and just keep myself together and, and kind of keep my, my head on straight, for one. Um, but also, you know, creatively speaking, this it sounds horrible to, to say it this way, but I just am not interested. 
I don't think there's a great way to say it, but I'm, I'm not particularly interested in what, what the audience wants. Um, That's okay. I'm, I'm not particularly <laughs> interested in. As far as like what sells, is that, is that what you mean? Like is. Yeah, I think partly that way, but also it's, you know, I'm, I'm more interested. I mean, maybe I should say it this way. I'm far more interested in making things that mean something. Um, uh-huh. And I like it being that vague and ambiguous. I don't know what they mean sometimes. Um, and a lot of times the way I create, I'm, I don't know what a piece means when I start it. And sometimes I still don't know what the piece means when I finish it. Um, so sometimes discovering the meaning behind the piece is something that I, that I have to do along with the audience. And I think that's what the best work is because I think, I think it's a mistake to think that the, the artist or the writer has some kind of um, esoteric knowledge that the rest of us don't have access to. I think the no. artist just is good at reveling in the mystery and making parts of the mystery palpable and material in a way that doesn't lose any of the mysteriousness. Um, that we all can find a way to stand in that ambiguity together and revel in that with what it means to just be alive and, and be human and i think to do that to make work that means something it means that you have to be incisively uncomfortably and painfully self-aware um, because that's where that's where the most meaningful things are that's where the depth and color and liveliness of each of us lurks within those crepuscular and tenebrous dark spaces um, of the things that we don't know that are there. And so it's having that wherewithal to, to mind them, to go into those places and, and to feel around um, whether you know the terrain or not, whether you really have a full understanding of, of what you're feeling, sensing, or experiencing, um, and just trying your best to find something. I think it's being in a nameless space, looking for something that you're unaware of and seeing what you find and trying your best to convey it in a way that means something to yourself, number one, but will also find resonance in someone else. And to do work like that, I think there's no other way around it. There's no easier way to do that. And it's not always a comfortable process. And it sometimes means getting your hands dirty in some dark shit. Um, mm-hmm. And being willing to not only get into the thick of it and to feel around and to really try to get your head around what it is but actually bring it out into the light and share that with with someone else in the hopes that um, it will mean something to them but i think also in the process of of people um examining your work and themselves wrestling with what it means to them i think that often for me anyway will actually help me understand what the work means um that's something i was talking to someone recently about that you know one of the things i'm always hesitant to do uh, when someone wants to talk to me about either uh, you know an art piece or, or a poem is i'm always very careful not to not to i guess explain it or or interpret it um, because what's more important to me is that someone wrestles with the piece themselves and that it sparks a meaning for them and i'm always afraid that if i say what it means to me or what i got out of it it will taint their perspective of the yeah. i may discover something yeah. more profound from what they got out of it 
than from what I got. That's, and, and you know, it's funny you, you bring that up and that like to tie it back into a spiritual uh, thing, even though you know, this is all very spiritual in my mind. Um, that reminds me of the, so the, the, the monk that taught my meditation class um, like 10 years ago, uh, at one point, you know, I had this like, I had not ritual, but I had this um, a schedule down where I would come every, uh, I believe it was Mondays because of like the oddness of my schedule. That was the day I was off. And uh, he, one of the times, I, uh, and it happened more than once, but, but one time in specific, uh, I showed up and there was a uh, particular uh, Theravada ritual happening. Uh, you know, I didn't know anything about it because they were, they're all Laotian. So they like, there was no English being spoken. And I think between the two of us, he were, he and I were the only ones who spoke English in the place. But uh, he, you know, so I asked him afterwards, like, why didn't you tell me this was going on? He's like, well, if I had, if I had told you what was happening, what they were saying, what to look for, then you would be looking for those things rather than just experiencing it. Mm. And, and, I, and he said, I didn't want to guide your experience or set a limit on it. I love that. By, by, yeah, like by giving you a, a vocabulary list, you know, then you're going to look for those things and those cues and those moments, uh, you know, okay, the third gong strike means this or whatever the case is. Um, left it very open-ended and I got to like experience it with, with, uh, without the rose colored glasses on, you know what I mean? Right. It was very raw. Yeah. It was what it is. And I, I, I think that kind of, it sounds like what you're talking about with your art is, is, is you're not, uh, tinting it in any way you're not tinging their experience they are truly experiencing it for themselves and that's that's really that's awesome mm -hmm. yeah i love what i love everything about what you just said i love that that story so much because i think that that gets the, to the heart of what interests me and what is most important to me is the experiential side of of everything not just not just literature or art because i think really those things writing and and making art um those things are about an experience, right? They're, they're, um, we get so caught up in the experience that they evoke, and that's important. They should provoke uh, a, an emotional response. They should evoke uh, an emotional experience or something experiential. But I think what we forget is that we're given birth to out of an experience, right? We, we've ex you know, a writer experiences something. Maybe it's something they can't name. Maybe it's something that's, that's beyond our ability to express. And then that work, uh, that painting, that, that poem, that novel is the artist's attempt to try and express something inexpressible about an experience. It's to try to get to the, to, to the visceral core of an experience um, that there is no language for that there is no apt expression for. Um, and so I think that is what's part of that. But then an audience should respond to it with, with an equal level of emotionality, but in a way that, that expands the original experience, that, that pays it forward in a way. Um, and I think that's what's most important to me is is just the fucking human experience um and i think that is more important to me than, than anything else because i think it's it's the experience of things that's most interesting not so much what is experienced or, or the object that is being experienced or the subject of the experience but the the experience itself is where the good stuff that happens. And I think that's where I think a breakdown in, in um, maybe cultural civility occurs. Why, why if, <laughs> as silly as it sounds, why some of us just can't figure out how we can all just get along. Uh, is because we're so concerned with the subjects of our experience. We're so concerned with the objects that we experience, you know, um, rather than really trying to delve into i guess the the universal commonality of experience itself i look at things very pragmatically you know i make art and i write because it's a way to deal with being alive 
It's a way to make it through the day. It's a way to find something meaningful to hold on to in the, in the ebb and flow of the burn of daily life. And I think we're all just doing that in our various ways. For me, it's, it's art. For other people, it might be more religious based. It might be, um, you know, more spirituality. It might be politics. It might be, you know, science, whatever. We all grab a hold of things that, that provide us with a framework to make sense of the world. But they give us an experience of consolation, an experience of, of um, reasonability, of, of comfort. And, and, um, and that experience is what's interesting. And so I think I'm able to kind of put my ideals and some of my beliefs about certain things to one side when I get to really have a good conversation with someone or I get to really hear someone out or, or um, those type of things because I'm not so much interested in the, you know, I can, I can sit down with someone that is of a completely different spiritual bend, religious bend, political bend, completely, I could sit down with someone that's totally antithetical to I am and get something extremely insightful from them because it's like I'm not interested in in the I guess the specificity of how you know their methodology the, the specifics of their methodology for for grappling with what it means to be alive I'm just more interested in the fact that they are grappling with their aliveness and so it's like I'm okay cool you're you're a, a conservative fundamentalist Christian. That's not my thing. More power to you. But tell me about what that means to you. Tell me about what that provides you with in your daily life of how you meander your way through the world and how you try to wrestle with your own being. And that will get really interesting. That's, you know, that's really cool because hearing you explain that, that's, um, if I had to put, together an example of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure we've all like read it or heard of it, like selflessness or anatta as, as Buddhism talks about. Uh, that's, that's probably one of the best um, practical applications of it. Like you, you, though you are who you are and you are aware of who you are, uh, you can sit and listen to them um, in, a, in a very, uh, like we talked about, un, untainted, unfiltered un, un, uh, way and just hear them. But since you're not uh, including your own um, predispositions and kind of things, it's, it's very, uh, like you were talking about the art, it's very uh, open and very, um, I guess, unfiltered. You know, it's, it's, it's not like it's not watered down in any way. It's, uh, it is just what it is. And you can hear them out with that. That's really cool. That's, that's neat to hear you say it. it's like a, um, like a proof is in the pudding kind of moment there. It's very, uh, explains it very well. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm also, I'm also hearing, um, an acknowledgement of, of our shadow self for lack of a better term mm. where, um, we all have a dark side. So I, I don't want to use the term dark, but everybody has, everybody has their good points and everybody has their bad points mm -hmm. within their personalities and their realm. And we have spent far too much of our lives focusing on our good self and not embracing our cons. Like we have our pros and we have our cons. And when you sit down and you acknowledge, okay, you know what? Like I, you know, these are the negative parts of my personality and you embrace those negative parts of your personality. You can actually, and it, you, you embrace the negative parts of your personality. You can actually incorporate them to be more positive. Mm. So, um, so I'm trying not, to think. You're not, at, you're not at friction with them, with, with that part of yourself. You just. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, you okay. just, you know, like, oh, I'm stubborn. No, I'm not stubborn. I'm just determined, you know, in certain mm -hmm. situations, it could look stubborn, but, yeah. you like know, that. the determination I... takes me into this flow, right? And, and right. drives me. Like, I think, 
I think our dark self, for lack of a better term, sorry, I'm not really sure how else to put it, but I think our, our, our dark self drives us mm. and mm-hmm. it's not bad. It, it's not negative whatsoever. It's, it's just about understanding it and making it work for us, you know? Yeah, um, I and, think and, that and, last thing that you said, especially, it's right, because I think it's, it's not even so much about, I think we can, we can get misguided in even trying to worry about the dichotomy of, of whether this is a positive attribute or whether it's a negative attribute. Um, it's really about, I think, something more pr- pragmatic and provisional. So I, I like that you mm-hmm. that it's just about making it work. And making it mm-hmm. making it function, finding the functionality in it. I, I like that. Um, I am a person that um, succumbs to what I am very willing to call, you know, darkness. You know, I I I battle with with melancholy and, and depression, and it's it's cyclical and it's often unprovoked. Um, and I've learned to kind of read the signs of when it's coming and, you know, you never really know how low the low will go or how long it will last. Um, but it's figuring out ways to, to make it work, um, and to navigate through it well. Um, and the art is like you just channel yourself through that art right exactly and that's what it's that's what it's done for me i think um it's not always easy to stay creative when you get into those but i found that there is a certain kind of muse-like quality to melancholy for me i found it in there mm-hmm. there is a place where i find a, a certain kind of creativity that comes from that place um, is, it, is it maybe the uh the, the sort of forced introspection does that seem to be I, I know when I get in those melancholy f- feelings, I'm very internalized. I'm very, uh, for an introvert, I'm probably like the, the, the most introverted I can be when I'm feeling that way. Is that, is that sound about right for you? Yeah, I think maybe there's something to that there. Um, I, th- I think that there's something about that, right? But I think even, even more than that, it's, it's hard to put it into to words precisely because I think it's, it's more about just the feeling of it. There is, there's something almost topographical where it's navigating this, this dark ocean and being aware enough to find, you know, to read the lights that are available to find your way through it. Uh, so there's certain, there's, so there's specific uh, feelings or signs when you know that, that the tide's coming in, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I think that's, a, that's probably a good way to look mm-hmm. at it. But yeah, there's, so maybe it still does tie back to what you said the more I think about it, Jim. I think, I think there is, the, there's an introspection that, that happens. Um, and I think, I think um, for me, the process of creating gives me that, that gaze that I need, uh, that that um, maybe uh, to put it in kind of more meditative terms, it gives me a, an object of concentration. It gives me, yeah. it gives me a place yeah. that I can, cause, because it, when I can get into those low places, it can be very hard to find some focus or to find an anchor point um, in which to try and examine in a, in a healthy, introspective way. Um, because it, if if you if you try to be that introspective without, I guess some kind of focus or maybe some kind of anchor, at least for me anyway, it, what ends up happening is that introspection introspection turns into a tightening gyre. It turns into like this this spiral that's collapsing deeper and deeper in upon itself, and that that's not helpful <laughs> to no, say the um, least. No, it's you not. Can, when you no. can find 
something to to concentrate upon and something that allows you to feel your way through it or or to just maybe just channel it like like you said um it allows ground you ground you ground you it allows you to watch Mm -hmm. it better and to really look at it differently um and to really Mm -hmm. see what comes up and and to probably um, and I think in that way, I think that's what I mean also when I say that there's almost a muse-like quality to melancholy uh, for me because it it allows me um, to kind of make friends with it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, you have to accept it. It's part of you, right? right? And I can better listen to what it has to say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Man, well, I think I, I feel like we could sit down and talk for absolute I know. hours and hours. I think we've already been at it for like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So I have to whittle this down. But uh, before we um, wrap it's up, awesome. do our right um, before we wrap up and do our, our like final thoughts or whatever. Uh, I did want to say that uh, this is time for the shameless, shameless plug of uh, Dwayne's work. Uh, Dwayne actually. Um, took a page from our book, one of his blackout poetry um, excursions. Uh, I sent him a page from, from uh, the practical meditation journal. I don't, I don't know how like there was any real good words to use in it because they were all mine. Um, but he somehow not only extracted uh, not just one, but four really great pieces of, of poetry and, and accompanied art. And uh, they are all available at the unusual Buddha.com uh, in our store. And um Obviously, you can get, uh, you can go to, it's DwayneTubes.com, right, for your, for your mm-hmm. site. And uh, you have prints for sale there, too? Um, I, I have yet to set up an actual store that's on my to-do list. But um, if you either email me through the site or um, even if you send me just a direct message through any of the social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, anything that, any piece of work that you've seen me put out is, is available as a print. I can have them have been ordered and 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 i'm definitely always open to commissions as well yeah that's really cool and uh sounds like sounds like nelly uh may have set up her own commission so we'll see yeah i got (laughs) (laughs) thinking one up um but Dwayne, it was really great having you on. It was really awesome to talk to you. Um, I mean, we, we, we talk all the time in Messenger and stuff, but it's really nice to put it like on wax and, and, and sit mm-hmm. down and have a conversation uh, and that we can, we can share, uh, you know, our friendship, uh, our triangle of friendship here with, uh, with the world. So that's very cool. Uh, is there anything yeah. you want to add like in closing uh, before we round this out? Uh, no, I, th- I think we hit all the highlights. I, I have to tell you how grateful I am to, to be on the podcast. It's been a while since I've been on the podcast. And the first time I was on, it was as, as a panel. So getting yes. to be like, um, you know, the, I guess the only guest that's, I really appreciate it. The I'm, guest. I've been a, I've been a <laughs> and, big and admirer. And I'm so grateful to, oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, I've, I've definitely been a, a big ad- admirer and um, uh, supporter of the Unusual Buddha for, for a long time. Um, and I'm definitely relished every every opportunity i've gotten to collaborate or, or work with you guys I, I i i love what you guys are about um it's very close to what i think my own kind of mission is about um, so i i i greatly appreciate the opportunity to do that uh the, i think the only other thing i add is uh, in case you haven't already you know um check out the podcast um it is available on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, pretty much anywhere you get podcasts, you can find it. It's called The Process and the Path. Um, and then I, I try to do, you know, several new pieces of, of collage and, and cut out poetry um, a week. I, you know, I, I kind of make it my goal to try to do one almost every day, but I notice my pieces are starting to get a little bit more elaborate and meticulous and it takes a little bit more time. So I still at least try to get like two or three new pieces out a week and get them posted um, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, so you're more than welcome to follow me and follow me in any of those places. Oh, and, uh, and, and we can't forget you're also on Patreon. You have your, uh, yes. your, your one size fits all 
uh, yeah. tier. It was it's uh, three dollars gets you access to everything, right? Three dollars a month. It's uh, the all for one tier. There we go. That's the word. That's the yeah. word. So three bucks a month. Um, and uh, I'm always looking for new ways to to give patrons access to parts of the process, or whether it's parts of the creative process, parts of my own thought process. Um, so I'm I'm always trying to tweak and and add more of what that consists of at the moment. You know, you get shout outs in podcast episodes. Um, you get, usually I try my best to when I am, when I when I do a new art piece, I try my best to post it there before it gets posted anywhere else. And usually on, when I post it on Patreon, not only do you get the, the piece itself, um, but I usually try to include photos of all the various elements that went into creating the piece. So if there's several different so it's kind of like all the things that end up getting cut up and mashed together uh, you kind of get the separate photos of of each kind of almost step in the process or all the different pieces that comprised uh the finished collage and then usually i do my best to kind of offer some kind of um a little essay or reflection that that's not always my thoughts on the piece but maybe something i've just been thinking about that that kind of maybe found its way into the piece you know sometimes it's just yeah. some musings or ruminations or just um things that i've been thinking about or things that i've been reading that that are kind of may have been in the back of my head when that, when that piece got created or or something like that and then usually there's um you know the podcast episodes usually get posted there early as well and ad free <laughs> nice i'm <laughs> just I am so grateful to be able to actually talk to you in person because I, I know that, you know, like we've been friends on Facebook for, you know, a couple of years now, but, mm -hmm. and I know that you and Jim talk a lot, but I haven't actually met you. So this is lovely. Yeah. This is great. Wonderful. This is great. I enjoyed it. Yeah. You had a blast. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, can't wait to see more of what you got cooking. And uh, I'm going to, I'll post this up and I'll put uh, all of Dwayne's links in, uh, in down in the notes. Uh, so do not miss the process and the path. Definitely check out uh, DwayneTubes.com. Check him out across social media. And if you are so inclined by what you find there, check him out on Patreon. Thank you so much for, for joining us. And uh, we will talk to you later.